I love that song. Take your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, chapter number 3. Exciting days here at Mountain Avenue Baptist Church in Calvary Christian School as kids are graduating. And like when I graduated from high school, I was excited. I went to college. It took me six years to graduate from college. I squeezed uh, six years, four years into six, and transferred a couple of times, different colleges. And uh, I'm just uh, thankful for all these graduates um, from the kindergarten to sixth graders. Man, sixth grade, going into seventh, that's, that's a horrible place to go. You know, because like you're the sixth graders. And then you're just nobody. You come in the seventh grade. In Hazel Park, they used to do initiations. You guys, you older people remember that. Now, if it's too woke, you can't, you know, you can't hurt anybody. But uh, you used to get initiated when you went into ninth grade in high school. And so you just stayed away from different places because you didn't want to get initiated. You just ran. And uh, we don't do that anymore. We just hug them. Amen. Come in, in. Come on in. Do you want to go to school? Okay. Come on in. You know how many days you want off this first semester? Not our school, by the way. Okay. Not, but... Uh, Anyways, it's just great to be in the house of God. I, I love this time of year, though it's kind of a sad time. It is. It's, yeah, kids are graduating, and this is the time when people move, the summertime. People moving in, people moving out. And, uh, man, it, life is just so wonderful, and we're so blessed. And yet we have to go through times of transition with our families. By the way, I have two of my sister-in-laws here from Seattle, and uh, the other two are at home, at, their, at my house. They're, they've got colds, so they didn't come. They would be coughing the whole service, so they're at home. They better be watching online right now. They're probably not. They're probably still sleeping. They're lazy. No, I'm kidding. No, these are good ladies. So uh, four of my wife's sisters are here, and so I, I kept them in line for many years, 40 years, keeping them in line uh, there in Seattle. And uh, I didn't know if they'd still be friends with me after my wife passed away three and a half years ago. And uh, they're not, but they're here for the kids. <laughs> they're here for the kids. But Sherry's, raise your hand there, Sherry. She's married to Pat. He's like the patriarch of the family. Uh, he pastored a church there, just retired um, in uh, Lake Stevens, Washington. At one time, there were more public school kids that school, Lake Stevens, has had the most public school kids go to Maranatha Baptist College in Wisconsin. And uh, they, a lot of the kids went there. Their son, Nathan, is good friends of a, a guy that was a basketball. They went to college there, and he is now the head basketball coach at Alabama. I think he's like one of the top coaches in the country. Went to a little Maranatha Baptist College and... Uh, just if, if you knew what God, had, what God did in that family and just the miracle of the bus ministry, um, there was six girls and two boys. All of them are saved. All of them love God, love Jesus. But they were what we call bus kids. They didn't, their parents didn't go to church. Marie didn't go to church. The kids just went. And uh, um, so it's just a blessing um, Pat and Sherry's son Micah is now the pastor of the church 
um, Ray Dean's son, Brandon. Brandon's the pastor of another church. And uh, Michelle married the number one layman ever in the history of churches. Uh, Andy, Andy, uh, just a great guy. He's an engineer for Boeing and uh, just a great young man and loves the Lord and just great people. And God did it all. You see, God, God can change a life and God can give you life and God can give you a Listen, the best days of your life are yet to come. I don't care how old you are. I don't care where you're at in your life. Um, God has a great plans for you. And man, we live in California. How many of you love it? I love California. I'm not going to ask you anymore because nobody ever raises their hand except me. I love California. I love this weather. It's cool this morning. And, uh, and uh, I'm just thankful to be here. This is where God's planted me. That's what we call the Bible. God's planted me here just to tell people about Jesus. It's what I get to do. And uh, I'm so thankful we get to do it through the ministries of this church, through our school, and uh, through our missionaries around the world. Well, we've been looking at the transition here in the book of Acts. Because you go Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Bible. That's all about Jesus' life on this earth. It's called the Gospels. And then you go into the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles or Jesus Christ now, the, the church is being formed. In the Old Testament, you had the temple. The people, God had the tabernacle first in the wilderness, and then they built the temple. Solomon built a temple, and that's where the people went in. The presence of God was in the, in the temple, uh, in, in God's house. And uh, so today... When we go from the Old Testament to the New Testament, now we worship in a church. The church was planted. And that's what's happening here in the book of Acts. We're going from, we're transitioning from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The Old Covenant was basically with the children of Israel, people of Israel, now to everybody. For God so loved the world, you know God loves you. God cares about you. And you know what's neat? God loves everybody in this room the same. There's no favorites. There's no favorites with God. God Jesus died for everybody in this room. By the way, everybody in this community. Everybody in this state. You know God loves California? He loves the people of California. He cares about the people. The people are what it's all about. You know, that was just too much cheering back there for California. Let's just, <laughs> let's calm down now. Let's... You know, and so um, what we get to do is just share that, that God loves them. And that's what happens here in Acts chapter 3. You know, the, the, the disciples have been filled with the Spirit of God. Pentecost has happened in the beginning of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus promised, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. You see, church, we don't do any of what we do, anything we do here in our own power. I can't change anybody. It's the gospel. It's Jesus. It's the Spirit of God who touches us and changes us and gives us life. I'm talking about an abundant life. And uh, we talked about it last night, sitting around the, uh, talking. When we got Becky's family, I mean, we, in my opinion, we were poor. We didn't have a lot of money. 
Um, matter of fact, we were just talking. My, my wife's, Sherry made my wife's wedding dress. It cost $35 to make that. And I told her it was too much. I said, it should have been 30 no, Not 35 I want five bucks back. We didn't have any money. And by the way, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I mean, we just had a blast. When, when Lori got married, my wife couldn't be in the wedding because she couldn't afford a dress. It was $15 for a dress. I mean, I'm bored like talking last night. Why couldn't we scrape together $15 for a dress? You know, because while well, I had to have a tux, man, I look good in that tux, I got to tell you. Didn't, we didn't need my wife in that wedding. I was in it, you know. I forgot I was in the wedding. I said, was I in your wedding? She said, yeah, you were in the wedding. I said, I was not. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know. But we didn't have anything. But I'm telling you, what, what the family got a hold of was Jesus. And man, we've had a blast serving God and going places and camping and doing things. I hate to camp. How, I hate to camp. I don't want to go camp and sleep on the ground. You know, we did that men's camping here. I said, we're canceling that. We're going to a baseball game. You know, it's like, but some of you like to camp, but I just, I'm not a camper. I could never put up a tent. Who knows how to put up a tent? You know, especially these ones today. It takes an engineer, you know, to put up a tent. Then to fold it up and put it away, who knows how to do that, you know? But you see, what Peter and John they're, here they are, they're filled with the Spirit of God, they're doing the work of God, they're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And look what it says here in chapter 3 and verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame, from his mother's womb was carried, whom they, who they laid at the, at the gate daily in the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes on him, and John said, Look on us. See, that man's begging there, but he's not looking. He saw him coming, but he's not even going to look up at him. He's embarrassed. He's been, he's 40 years old. He's never walked. He's had to be carried and, and, and sat down. He's at one of the key places because the people going into that temple, they, you know, they, they liked, it was kind of a piety. And they liked to, people to see them giving an alms, giving something to the beggar, giving something to the handicapped person. And so it was kind of a prideful thing, too. And they would, when Jesus encountered Lazarus, he, was, uh, uh, he encountered him begging outside of a rich man's house, the tax collector's house. They knew where to go. This was one of the key places. This man is asking alms. And they said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something. He looks at him, he's looking at him. Okay, oh great, they're going to give me something. They're going to give me some money. And Peter said, watch this now. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, 
give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Let's pray. Father, thank you now for your word. Thank you for your love. I pray you'll bless our time in your word now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So here they are. They're coming into the temple. It's the hour of prayer. And uh, this beggar is there. And he sees them coming. And the Bible says here uh, that Peter and John looked at them. And the word, the Greek word used here is the same word that, that was used in Acts chapter 1 when Jesus was ascended into heaven and they just stood there looking up. They were gazing. They looked up with wonder. And so they hear this man, they look at this man, both Peter and John are looking at him. This man that's begging. Now watch this now, and he says, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. What they had was Jesus. What they had was the power of God. And it's interesting because he says, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He uses that word Nazareth. Remember now, we talked about Nazareth. Nazareth wasn't a great place. Nazareth would be like living in Banning. You know, where do you live? Banning. Where is Banning? You know, you don't say Banning. When, you're out, when I'm up at Seattle meeting people in Seattle, I don't say Banning. I say, I live in Palm Springs. I'm a Palm Springs guy. Oh, wow. Did you hang out with Bob Hope? Yeah. Well, I go, I play golf with him. You know, not banning. Well, that's like Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I've been to Nazareth twice now. It's just, a, it was back in Jesus, it was a small town. Maybe 300 people in the town, whole town. There was nothing, there was nothing in Nazareth. That's where Jesus grew up. He grew up in a, play, a small town, a small place. The synagogue probably was as big as this section right here. There wasn't, it wasn't very big. That's where he went to school. That's where he went to the synagogue. He never sinned. He grew up and never sinned. And so what's happening here is that Jesus, that, uh, Jesus has come. He's lived upon this earth, but he's never touched this man. Jesus has never touched this man. Jesus healed a lot of people. But he never healed this man. So really, this beggar, when Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ, well, the beggar's thinking, wait a minute, wasn't he just crucified? Wait a minute, wasn't he crucified for blasphemy? The beggar's, listen, in the name of Jesus Christ, Rise up and walk. You see, God's plan was to heal that man. And God's plan was to do it through Peter. But Peter and John made it clear. It wasn't them that was healing this man. It was Jesus of Nazareth. And you see, when they said in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, they're using Jesus' authority. He had the authority. It was, 
It was Christ's character. It was his authority. It was his power. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In his name. And they were there in his name. And God had delegated the power to them. And God had given the power to, to them through, the, through Pentecost, the Holy Spirit. And you see, church, God empowers us today to do his work, to be a witness for him. Again, we can't change anybody's life, but we go in Jesus' name. I'm here in Jesus' name. Now, I don't, when I talk to somebody, I don't say, I'm here in Jesus' name to talk to you. I just talk to them. You understand? We don't use that terminology. You say you're there in Jesus' name, a lot of people will run from you. In Chicago, we used to deal with gangs in Chicago when we go out witnessing and stuff. And what, you, know what, you know how you want to get rid of a gang member? Try, a bunch of guys come around you? Start telling about Jesus. Hey, I'm here to tell you about Jesus. You know what they say? We've got to go. They don't want anything to do with Jesus. They, they've been around those Jesus people. And so you just tell them about Jesus. Because there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, Peter had seen the Lord heal. Peter and John had been with him. They saw his power. And so they knew there was power in Jesus. They knew there was power in the name of Jesus. And so the beggar, well, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth? I mean, he looked right at Peter. And notice what happens here. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. He didn't have to come over there and pick him up. He just reached down and grabbed him by the right hand. He said, rise up and walk. And that beggar just stood up. He'd never walked. When I was in the hospital all those days, I had to kind of, you know, they'd, they'd say, call us. We don't want you to walk to the bathroom because if you fall, you know. Okay. You know, it's, it's fun to have somebody walk you to the bathroom, you know. You've got the cords all around you. But you know what? When you're in the hospital or something, you can't, you've got to learn to walk again. You got to get your strength back in your legs. You got to learn. It's fun to watch little babies walk, learn to walk, right? They get a whoa, whoa, boom. You know, get back up. You're going, you know. And then they finally step out and they just learn to walk. And then it's just life is over after your baby learns to walk, right? Now you got to put gates everywhere. There's gates and clips on the cupboards. Our little Austin, my grandson Austin, he loves to turn off my computer. You know, he just goes, boom, shuts it down. I say, can somebody watch Austin, please? He's just, he shuts off everything. He gets the, the remotes. He shuts off the ceiling fan. He shuts off. He turned off my mouse. And my, my, get on, I couldn't, my mouse doesn't work. I'm like, what? Finally, I turned it over. It was clicked off. I go, where's Austin? That's what I said, where's Austin? Clicking off my mouse. I have to learn. He did, look what happens here to this man. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankles, bones, received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with him into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. 
It wasn't like, oh, no, I'm healed. And I'm like, oh, can you help me? No. He's wild. He's jumping up and down. It's like he just won the basketball game. He just got the winning shot. He's jumping up and down. He's leaping. and He's walking. He's doing jumping jacks. And the people are looking at him saying, wait a minute, is that the guy? You know what I'm saying? You've seen these little things they do now where they have twins and they'll walk past somebody and the guy's right here and they get down the road. It's the same guy. They're dressed the same. Hey, I just saw you back there. Whoa. People are walking in there. Here's the guy sitting. And now he's running around, jumping up and down. He's excited. I mean, when he got it, he got it. When God healed him, he's running around. And he's praising God. When we think about what happened to this man, he received joy. The first thing he got, he received joy. He's praising God, walking and leaping and thank you, God. Hey, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, who healed you? Jesus healed me. Well, wait a minute, we killed Jesus. That man was crucified. He was buried. Oh, they say he rose again, but they, somebody probably stole his body. That, the people, the, you know, the non-believers there, they're like, what's going on? And they were startled. But man, he had joy. You know, when you get touched by Jesus, you get joy. And joy is not about your circumstances. Joy is about what's in your heart. I mean, in your heart. He got it. Now, he could walk, and he's excited about that. But the greatest thing that happened to that man is he got Jesus in his life. Because you know what? When he got up and started walking and leaping and praising, now you know what he has to do now? What a lot of people don't want today. You know what he has to do? He's got to get a job. Oh, man, it was better when I was sitting there begging. Now i got to go to work. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine his, how his life changed? Hey, can you, get me a, can you get me a Coke? No, get up and get it yourself. You can walk now. I ain't getting nothing for you. What do you mean? You know, and now everybody probably served him his whole life. Now he's serving. His life changed. Right now he's just walking and leaping and praising God. And then we see he just, he's worshiping God. It wasn't like, holy, holy, holy. He said, whoa! He wouldn't fit in in some of our churches. He'd be too, like, you know, he's, too, he's got too much emotion. He loves Jesus too much, you know? And, uh, I mean, he's just excited. He's worshiping God. He loves, his life has been changed. He's been touched. He's got joy, but he's worshiping. But wait a minute, not only that, it was the testimony to the people. All the people there, they saw him walking and leaping and praising God. His public testimony, the change of his life, the change in what happened, it was unbelievable. It was inconceivable. Becky's family, they grew up, they went to Bothell High School. And uh, the principal there was Mr. Eikhoff. And Mr. Eikhoff was who Linda, Linda married his son, Dwayne. And they're like, can you imagine? I mean, they were always all in trouble. And now Linda, Dwayne wants to marry Linda, who's in that family. Can you imagine him saying, 
I, I know the whole family. You know, they've been in my office. But you know what? Those kids changed, man. They didn't get in trouble anymore. And they, they, had, they got Jesus. Their testimony in that community and the churches with the families was just unbelievable. And you know what? That's happened to some of you. Some people wonder, what, what happened to him? What happened to her? She's different. Your children who are Christian, they act like, what happened to those children? Your children are different. You know what it is? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. The crowd gathers. The Bible says the crowd gathers around Solomon's porch, around part of the temple there. And, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew it was him, verse 10, which sat for alms at the, at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Let me tell you something. Do you know what your friends think about you when you become a Christian? They want, they're, they're filled with wonder and amazement. Wonder and amazement when they see what God has done for you. When people see how you handle life. You see how you handle the ups and downs of life. Wonder and amazement. The girls, these four sisters came to see my, my girls, just to encourage them, to be a blessing to them. Well, the other sister, Radine, is back at home, and she was facing death. She was going to die in the next two or three months. And, and we, we got a call. I picked them up at the airport. We got in. We're sitting in my house um, about 2 o'clock. They got in at noon, and they call and said, Radine passed away. She's gone. They're like, what? She's gone already? It was so quick. It was so quick. But you know what? People just, all right, it's so sad. But she's with Jesus. Do you know, we're all going to gather there. They're just, we're just gathering in heaven. We know. I mean, listen, where the, the tears shall be wiped away. So she's not facing more physical problems. I went to see her a few weeks ago. And uh, we were sitting there, and we laughed, and we laughed. We talked about things that happened, the things that happened with our family. We laughed. Then she just she was sitting in the chair, and she just turned to me and looked at me. She said, I'm going to see Becky soon. That's my wife. I'm going to see her soon. And you know what? She's seeing her today. She's in heaven. That's the wonderment. See, we sorrow, but we sorrow not as others that have no hope. Because we believe God. We believe the Bible, and it's just true. And so here we are left to do the work of God, but we have the Spirit of God, and He comforts us. He gives us joy. He gives us a great purpose, and He gives us peace in the midst of the problems of the world, in the midst of just natural life. And it's interesting here. This man, the Bible says he, was, he, he walked in the temple with him, and uh, he's clinging to them. He's holding on to them. The Bible says in verse 11, And, and as the, the lame man which was healed held Peter and John. Hey, let's walk together. 
He's holding on to them. Come on, guys. Let's just do it. Maybe they were doing a little one of those dances. You know, I don't know. Maybe I don't, I don't think so. But anyway, he's just happy. He's probably telling them, hey, can you guys get a little peppier? You guys are a little, you're dragging me down. Let's get happy. But he wants to be with them. He's holding them. How wonderful. You see, Jesus healed many people. He touched many. Now he's working through the disciples. He's not gone. You see, Jesus was planted. It's just like corn on the cob. If you, you, know, you, take, you take one thing of corn and you take, just take the corn off of it and plant it, you're going to get a whole field of corn. And then you take those and you plant those. You're gonna have, you can have miles and miles and miles of crops from the seeds of the corn. And you see, when Jesus was planted in the ground, they put his body in the ground. He was with the Lord. He was with God in heaven. You understand? But his body, when his body rose again from the grave on that third day, he's alive forevermore. And it was like a, the Bible says it's like a seed that was planted. There's millions and millions and millions and millions of followers of Jesus Christ. You see, he lives in my heart. He lives in your heart if you know him. And you know what? You're doing his work today. You're loving people. I think about junior churches going on back there right now. You know what that is? God's using the speaker of the junior church. God used the speakers of the Sunday school class this morning to teach the children. God uses mom and dad to teach the children. But it's Jesus teaching them. He's teaching them through you, through the teachers. Every Christian school class is a mission station. Every Sunday school class is a mission station. That's why missionaries are called out of those Sunday school classes. People grow up, they learn, they, they, hey, I got to get to teaching, they teach the Bible. And one day God says, hey, I want you to go to China and teach the Bible. You and your family. I want you to go to Thailand to preach the Bible, to teach the Bible to the people there. And God calls people from here and they go to different places and they serve him. You see, today, we're Jesus' hands. We're his voice. Jesus has a voice. I read the Bible the Bible says that we are living epistles known and read upon all men. You know what people read you yesterday? When you went to the store, they were reading you. How did you act? Were you kind? Were you friendly? Were you loving? Well, they were rude. Well, you know, that's a, and sometimes we react wrong. Don't you hate it when you react wrong? It's, oh, man, why was I, you know, why did I act like Mike today? That's what I say. Why did I act like Mike? I could be nice to people. No, I'm kidding. Mike's nice. You understand? You think, why did, I, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Because you know something? Listen to me, church. People are reading you. The only Bible some people will ever read is you. So you read the Bible. You pray. You learn what God would have. Children, you're to obey your parents. 
That's, that's what the Bible teaches us. So what are children? What's the big thing for children? Obey your parents. Then you get to be a teenager like these guys. Then you have to honor your mother and father. Do you know how you honor your mother and father? You behave. Obey those that have rule over you. So when you come to school, you obey. You obey the law. You obey the policeman. You obey people. That's what we do. That's your responsibility as a young person, to obey and do what's right. That's your job right now, to just obey and honor. And then when you grow up, you honor. And you just do what's right. And so we have responsibilities. That's it. This man was lame for 40, listen, for 40 years. He was crippled. He couldn't work. He was ignored. Very few. He probably had to ask people to help carry him to the, oh, yeah, I got to carry you today. I got to carry you back home. His family had left him. He was poor. He had nobody. But he met Jesus. And I'm telling you, when you meet Jesus, he gives you everything you need. Everything. Everything. And so, what is our play? How does this apply to us? Well, I've got to tell you, all of us are, have to deal with the disease of sin. There's none righteous, no, not one. Nobody's perfect. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see... We're all, in a sense, crippled through sin. We can't do what we ought to do. We can't be what we could be. You see, Jesus makes me to be what I really could be. I could be a better husband having Jesus in my heart and living like Jesus. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So really, marriage is about giving yourself to your mate. What makes you happy? What can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I make choices for you? How can I take care of you? And then the wife reciprocates. She takes care. It's a, it's a, it's a team thing. And you see, the more you fall in love with Jesus, the more you become like Jesus, the more you love each other. The strength. Your strength is in Jesus, but the more you, the more you get to know Christ, the more you learn the Bible, the more you learn it. And as you age, you know, you learn that there's different battles that you fight. There's some emotional things. There's some physical things. And you go through things. But I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And so you just grow stronger. The marriage is stronger. The relationship is stronger. You're a better friend than you were before because you become more like Jesus. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. See, we get to, that's what we get to do. This little gospel track right here, there's some out there in the foyer. If you take that and give that to somebody, their life can be changed. Their, their eternal destiny can be changed from dying without Jesus and spending eternity separated from God in hell forever. But now they're changed. They're going to heaven. You gave it to them. You, you, you handed it to them. You left it on a counter somewhere. And somebody picked it up and read that God loved them and Jesus loves me. And he cares about me. 
That's the greatest news you listen. The greatest news you can give somebody is that Jesus loves them and cares about them. There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, and that friend is Jesus. And so, because of sin, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And it's through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We have eternal life through Him. And that's the power of the Savior. That's the power of the gospel. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, that man had to look on those disciples. And when he saw it, and he received it, he stood up. When Peter reached out, he just stood up. And he walked. He walked. This church has been in existence here 60 years. 60 years. What have we been doing? Rise up and walk through Jesus. That's what this church does. Tells people about Jesus. That's what the next 60 years of this church will do. Tell people about Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But God committeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And this morning, that's the message we have. Jesus died. He rose again the third day. He's alive forevermore. And because he lives, we live. It's so wonderful. It's the great commission. And that's what God's called us to do. So let's just tell people about Jesus. Let's be a witness for him. If you're here and you've never received Christ, open your heart to him. Receive him. He loves you. And if you're a Christian, you've already done that. Let's just be a witness. Let's walk like Jesus walked. Let's be faithful. God uses us today to love other people. This man had nothing to give, but he received. You see, we give to people not knowing what we can get. We give the gospel. We give to people by what they can receive. And that's eternal life. Let's be faithful at giving to others. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love for us. God, thank you for this church that's been planted here, it's been placed here, to tell, just tell people about God, tell people about Jesus. And God, we don't give away money, we give the gospel. <coughs> thank you for loving us. Thank you for using us, God. And Lord, I ask you now to just guide us, help us, and bless the ministry here. Lord, if there's one listening online or in this auditorium that knows not Jesus Christ, I pray that today would be the day they would open their heart and receive him. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I wonder this morning, you say, Pastor Solowski, I've received Jesus as my Savior. There's no doubt in my mind. I know him. I know I'm on my way to heaven. Would you lift your hand? Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Maybe there's one here. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure. If Jesus came back today, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven to be with him. I'm not 100% sure of that. Well, I'm here this morning to tell you, you can know. He loves you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you can, you can have eternal life by putting your faith and trust in him. If you'd like to receive him and receive eternal life, 
I invite you right now to pray this prayer with me. Repeat it after me. And mean it with all of your heart and with all of your soul. And he'll give you eternal life right now. If you'd like to receive Christ, pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I would be lost without you. I'm asking you now, come into my heart and be my savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you, would you keep your heads bowed just for a moment? I wonder this morning if you'd say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer, meant it with all of my heart. I received Christ by faith today. I prayed that prayer. And I believe that God loves me and that God saved me. If that's you this morning, is there one? Would you just lift your hand? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Is there one? Say, Pastor, I just prayed that. And I meant it with all of my heart. I know now I'm on my way to heaven. Is there one? Just slip your hand up and take it down. I wonder this morning if you'd say to me, Pastor, I, uh, there's people that I know in my life that they're not, I know they're not Christians. I know they don't know about Jesus. And I just need to be a witness to them. I need to be able to tell them, rise up and walk in Christ. And I want to be a faithful witness. And I'm praying for somebody right now that God would give me the courage to be a witness to them. If that's your testament, would you lift your hand? How many of you know? Hands are all around the auditorium. Father, thank you. God, love people through us. We love you, God. Bless now in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to have a song of invitation here. And as we sing this song of invitation, Brother Carl will be right down front here. Uh, Brother Tony will be down front here with their Bibles, and if you'd like to come and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, maybe to join this church, you just respond and come, and uh, by God's grace, we'll show you from the Bible how you can know for sure that you're on your way to heaven. Nothing like it in the world. God loves you today. Let's sing it together. I have decided to follow Jesus. Let's sing this invitation song.